Oh, great to see everybody. So glad you're all here together online sharing this time. Again, we didn't we didn't plan it, but it's the way it's been going. And the and and the thing is, is even this message that we're sitting with the 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 series that we're in, this idea of engage and putting our faith into action and and just really, you know, inviting the Lord into what is a very unusual time, a transition time, no question about it. And in fact, today's message was just going to focus a lot on this marvelous exchange that occurs in Luke 10 between Jesus and Mary and Martha. I'm calling it a course correction. And it has to do with how we adapt, how we shift, how we, how we get ourselves in the right place and don't wander into a negative place. How to keep our mind and our heart uh, where it's supposed to be. So let's just jump in. Let's just jump in. And even now, Lord, I just ask that you would let your word open up to us and may it, may it give us life and blessing and goodness. All right. Verse 38, Luke 10. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. And we know from the other places in the gospels that the village was Bethany situated on the Eastern slopes of the Mount of Olives, just outside of Jerusalem. And we're told here that a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and she said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me here to serve alone? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, 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 you, you're anxious because and troubled about so many things, about many things. But one thing is necessary. I tell you this, Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. We're told that Martha was distracted with much serving, with much serving. Uh, if you look at the original language in the Greek, that phrase could actually be rendered. She allowed her attention to wander. She allowed her attention to wander. And I actually think that could be taken literally. And the idea of distracted with serving, she wandered into serving. She allowed her attention. Attention from what? I actually think that there was a, uh, and in our mind's eye, we should probably try to imagine the moment. Uh, Jesus is teaching, and most likely in the courtyard somewhere, a modest space. Maybe there was a trellis there. People were gathered. There was shade, and they were listening, and Jesus was sharing and teaching, and, and his words were drawing them in. And I would, I would assume Martha had also been a part of that circle, and she was listening for a little bit as well. And, and Mary was there and, and the words were as they always were special, beautiful, but maybe even more so because of, I don't know, the way Jesus was talking, but we're told that Martha got to a point where she was restless. I mean, she, she had to set the meal. I mean, she had to prepare it. There were things that needed to be done. There was probably movement going on. She was remembering she was, she was having a hard time focusing because in her mind, she's going, this is great. This is wonderful. This is beautiful, but I got to get going. I got to go get that meal taken care of. I got this thing has to get set up. Every, you know, there were things that needed to be done. And so she was having a hard time focusing. She got distracted. She wandered off into another place and, and, you know, we understand that she, she left the circle to prepare the meal. And I think she assumed her sister, Mary would share her conviction because while Martha is getting more and more restless, listening to Jesus, 
unable really to enjoy the moment because of all the things that need to get done and what she was doing prior to doing this. And, you know, I just got to go. I got to go. You know, we, we know that feeling, you know, that feeling, I know that feeling. It's like, I, I, you know, I've, on my mind, I've got a couple of different things moving here and it's, it's making it really hard for me to be here the way that I should. But evidently Mary wasn't having that problem. <laughs> she wasn't, she had actually totally shifted her focus to listening to Jesus and really was content to be there. The words of Jesus had overcome, uh, what she had been doing with the meal and, and Martha though, back on track doing what she did, uh, and what she was doing and what she did so well, all of a sudden it dawns on Martha that, Hey, where's Mary? I think Martha assumed Mary would get it and she didn't. And this is something that probably was going on for uh, a decent amount of time to finally Martha, it just gets more and more irritated, right? The longer it went, the more irritated she became with everything. Finally, like, hello, Mary, you know, we are supposed to be doing this, not me. And I get this. I really do. I mean, it's so relevant. Again, the phrase wandered off uh, into a point of distraction. She wandered off into a place where she shouldn't go. That, that we're living in, in such a time, uh, loved ones, where uh, it, it really is easy for us to wander into an unhealthy place. How about that? With everything we've had to deal with, with all the displacement, all the regulation, the separation, uh, the loss, the unwelcome change, the impending change, all these, how, you know, in light of everything that's happened and is happening, it's really relatable. It's so, it is, it's easy to wander into an unhealthy place and that unhealthy place may be spiritual. It may be mental, the way we're thinking, our thought patterns. Uh, it could be emotionally that we're not in a good place. It could have to do with relationships, critical relationships, because in a lot of ways, this passage is about relationship. It's about relational interaction and how that the beauty of this moment was really damaged by the anxiousness that Martha allowed into her soul, into her heart and which was understandable as well. And I, and I, but again, I think it's true for a lot of us that, you know, some of us, we're all experiencing this season of transition, uh, differently. And some of us, <laughs> I've been amazed. I mean, it, it may not be admitted, but I've noticed a few people who I go, wow, they, they seem to be not just okay, but almost flourishing. <laughs> more, almost more happy. Uh, I, I know not because of what's happened in, in the negative, but just because the, the situation is almost rejuvenated, rejuvenated them. And, and, and some of us who are more introverted and as long as we have enough people, it might make sense why that might happen. Like it's okay. I'm okay. I'm actually doing fine. And in some areas better, but I think for a majority, for a majority there, there is, um, there's a real battle going on. I think some of just, again, from the different, uh, interactions I've had, I do realize that a lot of us are ailing. Some of you are ailing. You're not, you're not doing well. 
Some of you are battling discouragement, real discouragement. Some have suffered and, and in our own ways struggled. And, and some of us are afraid and some of us are very lonely, very lonely. Others fill with, with this kind of low grade stress or tension. Uh, we have a lot of anxious thoughts and we have real apprehension about what's ahead of us. The transition that awaits us is in and of itself intimidating. Some of us are having a hard time staying optimistic because it just doesn't seem like it's going to go well and 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 we're, we're finding ourselves battling negativity and like Martha we find ourselves just either from the constraints or feeling a little bit paralyzed or unempowered uh, we, we find ourselves drifting into irritation or a, like a negativity or wandering into a distracted place in the sense that we have our eyes on the wrong things and Martha got her eyes on the wrong things and some of us there is a concern that is sitting on us. And maybe the best way I know how to describe it is we feel like we have this, this heavy blanket. I mean, you can feel there's a kind of stress and tension and anxiety that your body feels. It It almost seems like a weight. Like, like that's the description. Of, like a heavy blanket is on me and I'm carrying that fear of the unknown, fear of the what ifs, fear of the what could happens, you know, all these fears that try to make their way. And if we're not careful, we can wander into a place where the Lord is calling us to not go. I was reminded of Psalm 119, 176, Psalm 119, 176. I don't even know there, there was a, a, uh, a, a verse, 176 verse. <laughs> it's true. I know. I get it. Yeah. Did you just say 176? Yes. 176. I did. Uh, that's the, that's the last verse of the longest chapter in the entire Bible. Psalm 119, 176. Yeah. And it talks about wandering of all things. The Psalmist writes, and this is from the ESV, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Now see how applicable this is. Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. The NLT puts it this way. It is a direct connect with the word and the language. I have wandered away like a lost sheep. Come and find me, for I have not forgotten your commands. The sheep, the image of a sheep wandering away. <laughs> you know, the Bible talks a lot about sheep and shepherds. And not only was it an, an agricultural metaphor that was occupationally relevant to the time of the Bible and the older and new testaments, but it was something that Jesus talked about. He talked about how he was the good shepherd, the shepherd, the good. And in contrast to the hireling, he was utterly committed to the well-being of the sheep to protect it from the predator and to give everything, even his own life for it. He talked about how we are like sheep, how the sheep, know the shepherd's voice, right? They recognize the voice and how the shepherd knows each sheep by name. And of course, there's the Psalm, the 23rd Psalm, which is the Lord is my shepherd. And, and this, this is something about the reminder of the Lord's love and concern for us and the relationship he has for us. It also tells us about our frailty, our weakness, our vulnerability. And we are that none of us are as strong as we think we are. 
And when the right buttons are pressed or when the right things happen or certain situations occur, like many of us have experienced in this situation, we realize things are not as we thought and that we do need the Lord. We need the Lord more than we'll ever know. He is our shepherd and we are the sheep of his pasture. But I was thinking about sheep, you know, because the scripture says here that the psalmist writes, I've wandered away like a lost sheep. And, you know, the image of a lost sheep who has wandered. Why? <laughs> because that's what sheep do. They wander into things, into trouble. And that's, that's why they need a shepherd. Because at least one of the reasons why, because they're so vulnerable and they're, they just kind of meander. And the next thing they know they're in trouble, they can fall into a ravine. They, they can get stuck in a bush. Uh, all of a sudden they're at a distance and remember how vulnerable sheep are vulnerable to, to trouble and peril, but most of all to predators. And they don't have the speed. They don't have the, you know, they don't really, I mean, they might have a little bit of initial burst of quickness, but no sustaining speed to be able to escape. They, they are no, not, not equipped with weaponry. They don't have sharp claws and teeth to defend themselves. There's not, they, 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 the closest thing they have to a defense system is maybe their wool when it's full grown and that provides an, an element of a cushion or a barrier. But even that be, can become something that makes them more vulnerable because they can get stuck in places. They're heavier, they roll over and they, they can't get up. And again, it's just, it's the picture of vulnerability. Right. And, and of course they don't even have the gift of disguise. They can't even disguise themselves. They can't blend in with the greenery or the shrubs. You know, they just, they just stand out vulnerable. And so I look at this and I go, Oh, wow. This, the Psalmist says not on top of that though. He says, you know, come and find me. You know, I've wandered like a sheep astray. Come and find me Lord. For I have not forgotten your commands. And we really are given here. If you, you can see it, two great principles that fit our times, two great principles that are a tonic for our wandering minds, which is what happened with Martha. Her mind had wandered into a negative place, into a bad place, into an unhealthy place. And it caused her to lose a sense of, of, uh, proportionality and propriety and, and it, 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 it had undermined in many ways, the beauty of what she had intended to see happen. So, so many things were disturbed because of the disturbance that she was allowing to dominate her. And the Psalmist writes here that we, we can combat that when we're starting to wander. He says two things. One, Lord, um, I invite you come and find me. And so, we're reminded that the Lord invites, invites us to invite him to meet us in the wandering place. Like we can invite the Lord into our wandering place. We can ask him to come like the good shepherd that he is. Come Lord intentionally, Lord, come and find me, come and, come and get me, come and meet me in this place that I'm wandering into. We're invited to ask him. So when we realize that we're starting to go off track or when we, when we see stuff coming out of us, we feel stuff on us, invite the Lord there. You guys invite the Lord into this place. I've done it. 
I've done it. A lot of times I just open my hands to him and say, Lord, I, I want to release this to you. And I want to welcome you into my heart right now. I want to welcome you. I want to lift my hands to you, praise you. I want, I, I ask you to come and find me in my wandering place. I sense there's a part of me that I'm not aligned right now. I'm, um, I'm allowing things to just, you know, begin to define my attitude and my demeanor and my perspectives and just this, this negativity and I'm going to places where I, I shouldn't go. Yeah, I wrote down a little simple little prayer, a poem, really, but it was a poem prayer. And it, it goes like this, dark rooms and dark places, lonely hearts and lonely faces, borrowed trouble and borrowed fear. Remind me, Lord, that you are near. Come and find me. Dark rooms and dark places, lonely hearts and lonely faces, borrowed trouble, borrowed fear. Remind me, Lord, that you are near. Come and find me, Jesus. And then a lot of times we can pray with another person. You know, maybe we can't pray the ways that we're used to. Some of us can, but some of us right now we're praying differently digitally and that's okay. It, it can do the same thing. You know, two or three are gathered together in my name. There I am in the midst. The, that there is a power. In, we, what I'm basically saying is we can pray with someone else to welcome the Lord to find us in our wandering place. We can agree together. And sometimes we can agree together for each other or for a few of us. So the idea of welcoming the Lord to find us in our wandering place. So that's what we want. We want to welcome him in to the wandering place within us. And then on top of that, the psalmist says, and it's that last phrase of the, of, of the 176th verse, right? The last phrase of Psalm 119, which is, and, and to not forget your commandments, but that is to remember them, to listen for your words. And we're so, we are invited to remember his commands and to stay close to his words and then to listen for his words within those words. So at this time, this is a perfect time for us to keep his word near, to be reading our scriptures, to read the the Old Testament, the Psalms in particular, just tailor-made for times like these. The words of Jesus, so powerful, so beautiful, so good. Exactly what we're doing right now. And then the epistles, of course. Just the scriptures are just so filled with wisdom for us. And they contain, his word contains a word for us in this season, a unique word. That's what I have found. In fact, in some ways, these words that I've been sitting with have become words for me as well. As I think about where we're heading and decisions that need to be made and the anxiety that wants to define me and how easy it is to wander into what may happen or what do I need to do and all these things. And many of them are legitimate, but I, if, if I give them too much place and I forget his words, then I will wander even further. And so his words become a tethering. They become a way of holding me, keeping me from wandering off. You see what, what's being said here? And we are invited to do the same thing. These two great principles, ask the Lord to come and anchor ourselves in his words and in his promises. How good is that? So, you know what? A simple cure for wandering. Let's go back to Martha for a moment, though. She was so disturbed. She was, she was troubled. Martha loved Jesus. She was determined to honor him. It meant a great deal to her that Jesus gave her um, his love. And she, in turn, wanted to give him her best. You see that for her, this was 
both a way to express her love for Jesus, but also it was part of her identity. It was, she was using her gifts. She, she had a plan. She had a vision for how that day was supposed to go. And it was perfectly lined up with her, her love to bless and to provide a meal and an environment where others could experience that joy and where Jesus would be honored. She, she probably played it out in her mind and there was a lot of anxiety probably leading up to it. But now that it was the day Jesus was here, she was going to make sure it all happened. It came off exactly how it was supposed to. But the unfortunate thing was it didn't go that way. It didn't go that way. It didn't go the way that it was supposed to. And so then she wandered into a place where she wasn't supposed to go. Finally, she got so irritated, so bothered with Mary leaving her alone, or at least not joining her in preparing the meal and just sitting there listening to Jesus while she should have been helping her, that it got to the point where she just felt compelled to address it. And she does. And I imagine she did this in front of everybody. Imagine that. And she says, she says, Lord, says to Jesus, Lord, don't you care? Don't you care? And basically about me. And, and don't you care that my sister has left me alone to do this by myself? And I, if you look at it closely, it's not so much, aren't you bothered that she's doing nothing that's implied, but even more so, and it's a subtle distinction. But it's more, the accusation is more, don't you care that I'm having to do all of this by myself? You really need to tell her to stop what she's doing and help me. That's right. Don't you care that I'm having to do this all by myself? But it's basically saying, Lord, don't you care about me? <laughs> That's what she's really saying. Lord, you should be looking more out for me. And that's how she saw it. Lord, this is about you. You're, you're enabling this. You should care more about me. You should, you, you should be giving a little bit more attention to me here. Lord, because I, I shouldn't be left alone. You, you, she should be helping me. And I feel like you're not really being, you're not really caring for me right now. Because you're letting it happen. And so in a way, Martha in her own way made this a little bit, even though it was, she was, she was clearly had her focus and was referring to Mary, but in a lot of ways she was saying, Lord, this is more about you and me. And that's where she had wandered, right? And she had wandered there and Jesus responded, Martha, Martha, Martha. And that he said those words with affection and concern. Martha, Martha, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? You're so anxious and troubled, bothered and irritated about many things right now, about many things you've wandered off course. Listen, you've wandered off course and then he helps her, right? He helps her to course correct. And that's a lot of what the Lord wants to do for us. Cause some of us are tempted to want, I think you understand what I'm saying. If we're, we're starting to wander off course or we're tempted to wander off course, or we find ourselves wandering off course, and that's so easy to do at this time, uh, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suggest that there are course corrections that we can derive from this marvelous exchange and apply directly to our life today in this season right now. And here's a couple of them for us to think about and just, and let's just look at them. One of them is this, that we're not to let anxiety have its way. Don't let anxiety have its way 
and then let irritation ruin the day. Don't let anxiety have its way. There are right ways and wrong ways to respond to stress and anxiety and concern and disruption. There's a, there's a, there's a better way than letting it ruin our day. And I just look at Martha. Her heart was in such a good place. She wanted to bless Jesus. This moment meant so much to her. And yet she was allowing by her choices to embrace the stress and the disappointment and the tension. She was wandering into a place of irritation and finally accusation. And it, it was ruining the very thing that she was, was trying to create to bless. She was undermining the blessing. And so we, we need to also give him our anxious thoughts, right? Because if we allow that to just sit on us and start to define us, it'll, it'll ruin everything. So don't let anxiety, you know, do that. Don't let it have its way and then ruin the day. Let's instead choose to surrender our heart to the one who has a proven track record of faithfulness and put our trust in the Lord and embrace his words, welcome him in and embrace his words. Remember, that's what we talked about. Another thing to note, another course correction here, remember Jesus is trying to get her to move in the right direction, is that I think it's very important for us to remember, don't focus on others and what they are not doing. Now, I know I said this was primarily between Martha and Jesus, and it was, but clearly it had to do with what Mary wasn't doing. That's no question. She was focused our focus had shifted on Mary and what she wasn't doing. Lord, you need to tell her to help me, right? And so there, and there is a tendency when we're feeling pressure and anxiety or just disturbed, we're disturbed, that there's a real tendency to start getting other focus in a negative way. And it's okay to be other focus in a good way, but not in a negative way where we start becoming critical and Yes, I'll say this, judgmental. We start thinking about what they should be doing, even for, it could even be for the Lord, you know, for all I know. But what we, we start to, to judge others and we're not to do that. Bless others, yes. Judge others, no. Don't do it. What's the point? As much as possible, as much as possible, let's leave the assessment to him. Let's leave the assessment to him. This is probably not a great time, especially the more pressure we're under, it's probably not a good time to try to decide how someone else is doing. If, if we want to bless them, that's different. If we want to pray for them, that's fine. We want to encourage even better, but not in a critical way. This is not a good time for, I don't think it's ever a great time to be critical. I think this is a particularly unhelpful time because there's such a tension and, and anxiousness connected to the time that we're in. So, you know, let's, let's try to avoid falling into negativity. Just not let that dominate us. If we start getting our mind, our mind focused on what they should be doing, we're going to miss what God's wanting to do in us. And that's where we need to settle. That's a course correction. Another course correction is this. And it's the one I'll leave you with, leave us with. Don't ever doubt his concern. Don't ever doubt his care. Don't ever doubt his care. Martha said, don't you care? Or don't you care? That's how she, that's how she said it. And every time, and there will always be that temptation to say, Oh Lord, don't you care? 
But I know this. I look in his eyes and what do I see? Nothing but love looking back at me. I look in his eyes and what do I see? Nothing but love looking back at me. I know he cares. I know he cares. Hey, here's the thought. Here's the ultimate correction. Instead of doubting his care, let's cast our care. Instead of doubting his care, let's cast our care. Let's trip on him. That's what it says in first Peter, cast your care on him for he cares for you. That's the new King James version. I think other versions say, cast your anxieties on him. That's, even, that's just as good because he cares for you. But my idea was, you know, Martha was doubting his care instead of casting her care. And you and I, let's not doubt his care, his love, his concern, his goodness, his capacity and willingness and intention to bring good, even out of the bad. It's not doubt his care. Let's instead cast our care on the Lord. Let's place it on him. He's inviting us to do it, right? I cast my care upon you because I know you care for me. Don't let me hold on to stuff, Lord, that I'm supposed to be letting go of. Ah, you know, I want to deal with things. I want to be clear thinking, but I don't want to hold on so tightly to things that I need to let go of. And I talk about this all the time. We can be holding on to things from yesterday. Can't change that. Let it go. We can sometimes be borrowing from tomorrow's care, holding on to things. Can't, can't really predict that. Not 100%. Let it go. And even now, trust him right here in the present, which I cast my care on you, Lord. I, I breathe deep the breath and the goodness of God, and I cast my care on you. Now, I got some more things I want to share. I want to bless us on the way out. I do want to remind you, you know, we're going to have a, a song here that we're going to share. And I hope it'll just be a blessing in this moment. I know it will be reminding everyone that even though we don't have a formal time of giving and we don't, but this is still opportunity to remind all of you to as much as you can, as faithfully as you can to keep, keep, uh, you know, giving in your tithes and your offerings, allowing us to do what we do to keep encouraging everyone, be a conduit of blessing, making this journey together. You can do it. You can give online. Obviously you can give through the app. You can give by sending something in, it, whatever, whatever works best. And again, my prayer is that the Lord would continue to provide. I know, I know some of us are doing better than others and that's okay. It's okay. If you can't do it, it's fine. And what, but for those of us who can keep doing your best, but right now let's share this song, enjoy this moment. And then I'm going to come back around and uh, send us out with a blessing. Lord of the mountains and sea, you are treading a path set for me. God of the seasons and sky, you have always been holding my life. Lord, you are the shepherd of my soul. plans I give up my rights let you take control of the surrendered life so I put my trust in the one 
So our time together is nearing its close and um, I'm so thankful I was able to share this time with you. My prayer is that no matter what is ahead of us and can't know for sure how the days and the weeks are gonna exactly unfold, but Lord willing, we'll make this journey together in faith. In the meantime, don't forget, sow water and reap. Keep your heart tuned and turned towards him. So good, so God, so good, so God. Let's be difference makers, wounded healers. May your joy be full. May the Lord keep you and bless you, cover you. Lord, that's what I ask. Um, sustain and bless all of my, my friends, all of my church family, everyone who's here. I, I love you guys. Blessings to you all. Till we meet again.